Amen. Amen. So good to see everyone tonight. Amen. If you're a guest here today, amen, we welcome you to Antioch. We welcome you to his presence. Amen. And uh, this is your first or second time visiting with us. Please, uh, we'd like to meet you back at the visitor center, have a small gift or token for our appreciation. Amen. I'm it. We don't know where we're going to go, but we're going to go there. Amen. So thankful to be here. Amen. Thankful for the opportunity. I want to give honor to Bishop Wright, Mother Wright. Amen. You know, son, sometimes we say that so often and sometimes almost say, well, he, you know, he's got he's to give that, he's got to do that blessed thing. He's got to, you know, give that honor thing or, or you know. I, I hope we don't ever get to that place that that's all it is. I was talking Wednesday, yesterday, Bishop Staten gave me a call and we, him and I were on the phone and and uh, talking about some stuff. And, and great men of God are just great men of God. And we ought to be thankful while we have them in our life. Amen. And I'm so thankful for the leadership that God has given us. I am. I'm thankful. Also giving honor, of course, to Pastor Wright and Sister Wright. Amen. Bishop Wright and Pastor Wright are at the men's conference. Amen. Bishop Wright, I know, is ministering. And uh, Pastor Wright is there. Amen. To receive and to be a blessing. So, amen. Keep them in your prayers. Amen. But we are thankful. Amen, and uh, I want to I want to try to do what I feel God kind of laid on my heart, and uh, pray that I can do that, <clears throat> and say at least something that'll help somebody. And if you'll help me, I'll try to get out of the way and let God, because really, if you're going to get any help tonight, He's going to have to help. Because I'm not God and I can hug your neck and I can shake your hand and I can tell you how beautiful you are. But I can't get you to heaven. I can't heal you. I can't fix what's broken. The only thing I can do is tell you about the one who can. Amen. That song we just sung talks about He set me free. Amen. Amen. If we turn to Romans chapter 7. Romans chapter 7, verse 17. Paul in his writings here in Rome to the church of Rome. Romans chapter 7, verse 17. 
Now then it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. For I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. For the good that I would do, I do not. For the evil which I would not, that I do. Now if I do that, I would not. It is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. It's not the devil that did it. Verse 21, I find then a law, that when I would do good, evil is ever present with me. For delight in the law of God after the inward man, but I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. Verse 24, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? That same passage of Scripture I want to read from the Message Bible. But I need something more. For I know the law, but still I can't keep it. And if the power of sin within me keeps sabotaging my best intentions, I obviously need help. (laughs) Can someone say amen? amen? I realize that I don't have what it takes. I know that's not, Paul's not talking to you guys. He's just talking to the preacher. I can will it, but I can't do it. I decide to do good, but I don't really do it. I decide not to do bad, but then I do it anyway. My decisions such as they are don't result in actions. Something has gone wrong deep within me and it gets the better of me every time verse 21 he said it happens so regularly that it's predictable the moment I decide to do good sin is there to trip me up I truly delight in God's commands but it's pretty obvious that not all of me joins in the delight Parts of me covertly rebel. And just when I least expect it, they take charge. Verse 24. I've tried everything. Nothing helps. I'm at the end of my rope. Is there no one who can do anything for me? Isn't that the real question? Lord, we love you and we thank you so much for your presence. Lord, I thank you for your anointing that is in this place. God, I would pray that that anointing continues to move. First, I would ask that you would anoint my heart and my mind that I might just hear your voice and speak it clearly. 
Lord, I would ask you to anoint the heart and the mind of the hearer that we might receive the word and that it might find a lodging place in our hearts to bring forth fruit in due season. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. And from this passage of Scripture, I would like to try to speak on this topic. I think it'll be more teaching than anything, but I'd like to speak on this topic. The conflict of self. The conflict of self. As I was reading that passage of Scripture this week, and I've read it many times, I've heard many people talk about it, I've thought about it on occasions, I've probably preached about it before. But as I was reading it, as I was thinking about it, as I was going over it, there was something that rose up inside of me that said, I am so thankful Paul wrote that. I'm so thankful that Paul told me that he had problems like I have. I mean, you're my brother, you're my sister, I love you. And I hope you don't get offended by what I'm about to say. But you ain't Paul. You might have had a road to Damascus experience, but I ain't read about it. You know, you, you, you might have had some of those experiences that Paul had, but I don't know about them. You might have wrote some epistles, but Jim ain't read them. So I don't mean no harm. If you tell me you're having the same problems I'm having, I know, brother, life is bad, ain't it? But when Paul says it, there's something inside of me that for a moment says, there's hope. That's right. There's hope. I mean, Paul, Paul had some struggles. It's good to know, it's good to realize that Paul struggled like the rest of us. I'm not saying that to, to minimize our struggles. I'm not saying that to lessen what we go through. I'm not saying that any of that, I'm not trying to make light of it. I'm just trying to, I think Paul was letting us know, I'm there with you. I'm not above the fray. I'm in this. Paul, the guy who said, you follow me as I follow Christ. Paul was saying there were some days if I followed him, I might have followed him into a ditch. But that's all right. As long as he let me out, we're good. Mm, Someone didn't like that. I'm sorry. Why do I say yes to God one day and say yes to my flesh the next day? 
Once I know the commands, why am I not eager to obey them? I'm asking some questions. Give me a moment. Shouldn't these conflicts cease now that I've seen the light? And here's another one. Does my struggle mean that I'm not saved? These are the questions, I think, of Romans chapter 7. Because we, we as people, you may not ask that exact question. But there are times when we find ourselves just like Paul. When we have made up our mind, when we have declared before God, before the adversary, and before that knucklehead in the mirror. There may not be no knuckleheads in your mirrors, but my house has got all kinds of them. I go to the next mirror thinking that guy's going to be a little better. Nope. Mirror, mirror on the wall. It ain't good. <laughs> These are the questions. I, I've, I've determined. I've, I've decided. I've, I've, I've made up my mind. I, I, I want to be what God wants me to be. I want to. I, I, I strive to. I desire to. These are the questions that really are looking for answers in Romans chapter 7. These are the questions that I think most of us, if we're honest with ourselves, kind of go through from time and time in our life. Why am I in this place? Some interpret the presence of a battle, of this battle that I'm talking about, as the abandonment of God. Their logic, our logic, goes something like this. I'm a Christian. My desires, however, are anything but Christ-like. No child of God would have these kind of battles. And some of you are saying, brother, I ain't never had that problem. Well, thank God. Hold on. I must be an orphan because I can't be a child of God because if I was a child of God, I wouldn't be having these kind of struggles. So God's left and I'm fatherless. Because if I was in the presence of my father, my father, I wouldn't act like this if I was in father's house. These are the things that that go through our mind. These are the battles that that, that we struggle with in our heart. God may have given me a place back then, but I don't know about now. I, give me a moment. I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to be negative at all, but I'm trying to help us understand What's going on in our life? What's going on 
in Paul's life. Paul that, that we read about the one who stood at Mars Hill and said, I want to talk to you about this unknown God. Paul that went on mission, missionary journey after missionary journey. Paul that his activities got him thrown in jail. That same Paul had these kind of questions. There was a battle. There was a conflict in Paul's life. There's a conflict in our lives. That voice whispers, God's tired of your struggles. Your father is weary of your, of your petitions of forgiveness. We wonder in our minds, can we go to the well of grace and mercy too many times? Maybe you haven't, but I'm just going to be, can I just be me? There have been times in my walk with God where stupid abound. was all up in my house. This house. Not talking about the four walls that my bedroom's in. Talking about this house. Dumbness was all up in it. And I found myself in places where this little voice just goes in my brain and says, there's no way that you can go to the throne room of grace and mercy about that again. Because you know how you are. And I know how I am. Let someone, let someone get up in your business. Once. Twice. Three times. Peter wanted to know. Look, look, bro. Lord, I think Peter had someone in mind. Because you don't ask questions like that. They don't just jump up in your brain. I think Peter had someone in his mind. Yeah, you did it again, didn't you? I'll be right back. Lord, how many times... How many times do I have to forgive my brother? Is seven times good? I'll be there in a second. Because it's getting ready to be on. Lord, is seven times good? No. Seven times seven in a day. That brother ain't even that bad. But we, because we know how we are. And so we carry we. All right, I won't preach about you. I'll preach about me. I know how I am. Because y'all ain't like that. I am. I know how I am. 
And sometimes people irk me. You know, irked. Yeah. Sometimes people irk me. And I know the Bible says lay hands on no man suddenly. So I figure I ease up on them. That's all right, I think. And I don't really want them to say I'm sorry. I'd rather they didn't. Because I got it all worked out. And we know we, you know, enough is enough. I'm, 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 so when we go to Jesus, we carry ourselves up in there. And I know that enough is enough, so I know that surely enough is enough. And God surely is, the Father surely has said, I'm done. You've worn my patience to a frazzle. Now, if you've never had children, you can't comprehend that. I had a couple of them. Still got them. But not are his problem. Not really. I thought that, but that ain't true either. There were times when I would just say, enough is enough. You need to go over there and stay over there. Because if you enter my presence again, I'm sending you to Jesus. And I ain't talking about prayer. And so I take that in to see my father. I know none of y'all, just me. And I think I don't deserve to ask God's forgiveness again. When I was thinking about that day, today this little light bulb went off in my head. Just like the cartoon. That's how it works for me. And it said this. Who told you you deserve forgiveness the first time? I didn't. But I wasn't smart enough to know it. He offered it and I needed it. And so I asked. But now I'm older and wiser. I'm no longer a child. And my intellect kicks in and I ask those kind of questions. Our temptation that we go through, I got some bad news for you. Or maybe it's good news. I think it's good news. The temptations that you're struggling with right now, the ones that you struggled with today, and yesterday, and the ones you're going to struggle with tomorrow, they are not breaking news in heaven. Michael is not standing there saying, hear ye, hear ye. I got something to tell you. God knows. God knows that I have struggles. My Even my failures, my sin, let's just call it what it is, even my sin, when I do what Paul said, I would do good, but evil is present with me, and I do that. When I do that, have you ever, I'm, don't raise your hand. 
I'm going to raise mine, but don't raise yours. Because I'm, I'm being real. But I have sometimes done stuff that surprised me. Did I really do that? Did I really think that? Did I really say that? And I looked around because surely it was someone else. But even though my dumbness shocked me, it didn't surprise God. God knew that was all up in there. Because of God, the Bible says that God knows my heart. Now, I said all that to get to what I think is important. Because that's really not the important part. I think what's important is for us to understand why and how all of this works in our life. But first, let's take note. I'm going to make a statement, and if it offends you, forgive me and forget I ever said it. I mean that. I, be- I don't believe in adding to the Word of God, okay? But I think sometimes it's just important to know what the Word of God says, but it's also just as important to know what it doesn't say. So it's important for me to know what Paul said, but let me... Let me sh- remind you what he didn't say. I think it's important to understand what he didn't say. Paul didn't say, there once was a law in me. Paul's not writing in a past tense. Paul's not telling us about something that he used to go through. Paul didn't say, at one time, evil was present in me. We're looking for that day. And it's coming. When this corruptible shall put on incorruptible. And this mortal shall put on immortality. Until then, you ain't getting there. And neither am I. In reality, Paul could have said this. There was a time in my life when there was no conflict of self. There was a time in your life and a time in my life. Some of you don't remember that. Some of you have been in this thing way too long. Not way too long, but you've been in it long enough. You don't remember that time. But there was a time in Paul's life where the law that he spoke about did not exist. There was a time in Paul's life when the conflict of self was not present. There's a time in your life and my life when the conflict that I'm talking about did not exist. There was no conflict. There was no conflict when I would do good, evil is ever present with me. There was a time when I only desired to do what pleased my flesh. There was no conflict. It was all about doing what I wanted to do. There was, there was no struggle. Before I came to know the Lord, the things, the only struggle I had, it had nothing to do with right or wrong. It only had to do with my dad catching me. I 
I didn't really care if it was right or wrong or whatever. I just didn't want him to know about it. You going to fix me? <laughs> God's been trying for a long time, brother. Good luck with that. I didn't even know I was broken. There was a time before I, I realized there was no struggle. There was no conflict in my life. I just did what I wanted to do. I just acted the way I wanted to act. There was a time in Paul's life where there was no conflict. Paul just went around killing Christians. And felt good about it. There was no, there was no battle. We, we feel bad because there's a battle. We, 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 we have all of this emotion and all of this turmoil going on in our, in our minds and going on in our heart because there's this conflict in our life. But there was a time when there was no conflict. And there might be some in this room today where you're saying, brother, I ain't got no conflict. One of two things is going on. And I mean this, I'm not trying to be ugly or whatever. One of two things is going on. You haven't come to the place where you really know what God wants to do in your life yet. Or you're very new at it. And I'll talk about that more in a second. Because the conflict is there because of some things that happen in our life. So when did the struggle begin? Paul wrote a little further up in Romans, the same chapter in verse 12, wherefore the law is holy and the commandment is holy and just and good. The law is holy. The commandments are holy. They're different. They, they're set apart. They're boundaries. God does not give us the law, the word of God, for our pleasure. The law wasn't given to the Hebrews and to us to make us feel good. It was given to us to protect us. It was given to us to set boundaries and borders in our life. And so before the law, before the word of God came into our life, there were no borders. There were no boundaries. There was no separation in our life of what I should do and what I shouldn't do. But when the law came into our life, when the word of God came into our life, when God's presence began to work in our life, he began to lead us and to establish Boundaries, borders. And he, and those borders and boundaries are there to keep us safe, to keep us, the Bible talks about keeping or guarding your heart. There's gotta be borders, there's gotta be boundaries, there's gotta be something that protects 
And that's what the law, that's what Paul is telling us here when he talks about the law is holy. The Word of God, it separates us. It separates us from the, the, the things in our life that we once were from what we can be. And no longer are they the same. But now there's a division. Before in my walk, in my life, there was no division. There was no, no, no gap. There was no place where I understood I could not go. But when the Word of God or the, the boundaries of God were established in my life, now there's a conflict. Now there's something that, that keeps me. What, what, what did the, the adversary, the, the serpent say to, to Eve? He came and, 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 and he tried to have her test the boundary. If, if, if there was no tree there, part of me says, God, don't put the tree there. But see, if there's no tree, if there's no borders, if there's no boundaries, then we cannot understand who we are and where we need to be. And so that's when the conflict started. The law or the Word of God in my life draws battle lines in my life. The Word of God draws battle lines in your life. Boundaries. And then the the enemy, me, wants to test the boundaries. Wants to figure out if that's really Will electricity really shock me? I don't see nothing. Surely it ain't going to hurt. Touch it if you want to. We have any electricians in the house? Now, see, some of those guys are crazy. I know some of them. Some of them, they've been shocked one too many times. Because they'll, you know, they're like, ah, it's only 110. And it's only going to go from here to here. And they'll hit it. Oh, yeah, that's hot. Uh Uh-uh. I don't care if it's going from here to here or not. Jim ain't touching no hot wire. Uh uh-uh. uh. But you know, we, we, we wanna, we wanna, I wonder. I wonder. It's gonna, it's gonna bite you. We gotta test it. Then we, then we realize, you know, how many have ever, I know some of you aren't gonna like me for this. I never did it, okay? I didn't do it. I've never once done it. Not saying I wouldn't, I'm just saying I never did. How many have ever had one of those fences under the ground with a little thing on your dog's neck that if he got too far over the line, got a little e e Anybody ever use one of those? Say, so you all see one honest man in the house. As long as you ain't got one of them crazy dogs, that works. 
So the dog, he hits it a couple of times, and he's like, oh, man, do not go past the sidewalk. So he'll get up all up on it and bark. <laughs> but he knows, don't, don't get over there. But he, he tests it. And every now and again, curiosity will get the better of him. And he'll have to try it one more time. Oh, yep, no, it's still, it's still real. That's what happens when borders and boundaries get in our life. Before there were none. Before there were no boundaries. You know, you, and here's the crazy thing. Don't talk to me, Siri. Here, here's the crazy thing. You can get some folks that in our world, they're good folks. Whatever good is. You know? Don't know God. Had, don't really have a relationship with God, but they're, they're pretty good people. Don't cheat on their taxes. Don't cut people off in traffic. They don't live in Maryland. <clears throat> I think they live, live in Montana. Pretty good people. You know? And then they meet Jesus. Then they come to know God. And then all of a sudden, they'd be ripping people's heads off. Because in their life, they, they didn't necessarily cross any lines because there were no lines, but there was, there was, there was no struggle. But now once the borders and boundaries have been set, there's a, a battle against it. And here's the part that we don't like. If you just come to know the Lord, you've been, you've been baptized, Jesus' name filled with the Holy Ghost for about a week, and you have no idea what I'm talking about. About a month, you have no idea. Life is great, everything is wonderful, there's no nothing. Then God starts putting up walls. And you would think that after that first two or three years, it'd be done with. But I'm here to tell you some bad news. I've been striving to live for God since I was 14 years old. No, really 18. I got the Holy Ghost when I was 14. I really didn't realize I needed to live for God until I was 18. Between 14 and 18, if the Lord would have come, I probably wasn't going with him. So I've been striving to live for God, to know God since I was 18 years old. And I'm a little older than that now. Just a little. And you would think that at this point, I have dealt with all the borders and boundaries in my life. It ain't so. There are still things God's working on my life. And he'll say, now it's time for you to realize you can't cross this street. I've been crossing that street for 30 years. You ain't crossing it no more. If you want to go where I'm taking you, there's a new boundary in your life. There's a new border. If you want to be what I want you to be, if you want to, if you want to grow into the place I want you to grow into, there's a new, there's a new border in your life. There's something else in your life that you need to look at. 
It's a process. This conflict of self goes on and on and on. And I don't say that to be negative. I say that because Paul said it. And I'm going to get to that place where really it's a good thing. James says it this way. James chapter 4 verse 1. From whence comes wars? I don't know if you've ever paid attention to this scripture. I really hadn't. I really never got what it was saying until today. From whence comes wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence even your lust that war in your members? The New Living Translation says it this way. What is causing the quarrels and the fights among you? Husbands and wife, you ever wonder what is causing the quarrels and the fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? What causes all of the struggle in my life? It's the war, it's the struggle, it's the battle inside of me. There's a war. There's a battle. There's, there's a conflict of self. There's a conflict of what God is doing in my life and what I want to do in my life. That conflict is ongoing. And the more I want to be in God, the more I have to allow that struggle to happen and me victorious. You see, the reason we don't want the struggle is because we're afraid of losing the struggle. The reason we don't want the battle is because sometimes we don't win. But that's okay. Paul said that's okay. Sometimes I lose. Sometimes I come up and I, I cross the barrier and I lose the fight. But that's okay. Because when it happens, I realize I'm still in a conflict. There's still something happening in my life. Paul goes on and he asks this question. What a miserable man that I am. Who will save me from the body that brings me death? Who? Who is going to save me? Paul came to the place where we find ourselves and, and we, I don't want to fight this fight. Who's going to win? And if we stay there, then it's depressing. Then it's heartening, or disheartening, I should say. But Paul answers his own question. Romans 7 and 25, I thank God through Jesus Christ. I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So then when, with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. I know why I do what I do, and through through the grace and the mercy of God. You see, that's what grace is. That's why we have grace. We have grace to win the conflict. We have grace to be able to win the battle of self. The conflict of self. The things that we struggle with. And we, we can't know they're a struggle until they're a struggle. We, we don't know what... And God brings us to a place. We're growing, we're growing, we're doing good, man. I, I'm, I'm rolling, I'm doing whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And God says, hey, I got something I want you to do. Great, God, I'm ready. But before you can do it, 
You're going to have to take this out of your life. What are you talking about? That's been there a long time. I know it. And it's been okay. It's, it's been all right. But, but we want to go somewhere else. We want to go to the other side. We, we, we got some other stuff to do and, and you can't take that with you. You're going to have to leave that on this side. There's a new border. There's a new boundary I've got to set. We're moving to this territory. And you got to leave that over here. And now it's a conflict. And now there's a struggle. But God set the boundary. God gave me the border through the law and the word of God and gives me the grace to cross it. Gives me the ability to achieve it. Let me wrap it up with this. Timothy, 2 Timothy, chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. Paul's come to the end of his days. I don't know, I don't know the time frame from what we read in Romans into what we read, what I'm about to read in Timothy. But it would appear to me that that what was written in Romans was earlier in, in the ministry of Paul because that's where he kind of started his, his ministry. And Timothy is, I believe, is later in his life when he's writing. And he gets to it and he writes this to Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. For I am now ready to be offered. And the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I've finished my course. I've kept the faith. Paul gets to the end. Paul talks about the conflict of his life in Romans. Paul tells us that there's a law in me that when I would do good, evil is ever present with me. I strive to be good, but there I am. Again and again I fail. Who will deliver me? And we find him at the end of his life. We find him at the end of the story. You see, that's that's what the Word of God does for us. You see, we are living in our story now. We're living in in the, 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 there's a law in me. We're living in the beginning of it. We're living in the middle of it. We're living in the midst of the conflict of self. The only thing that we can see, the only thing that we can understand is the struggle that we live in right now. But the Word of God is there so that I can read about Paul, the same guy who said, I know where you're at. The same guy that says, I've fought the fight that you're fighting. The same guy that says, I've stumbled and fell just like you have. He comes to his end of his life and he says, I've fought a good fight. I have finished my course. And I've kept the faith. I made it. I won the conflict. There's, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful that he said, I, I, I'm struggling. I'm thankful that he said, I, I'm having problems. I'm thankful that he said, life is not always easy. But I'm more thankful that at the end of his story, he didn't just fade away. He didn't just ride off into the sunset. He writes his final words to Timothy and says, I did it. I finished 
the course. I fought a good fight. I didn't win every day. I didn't win every battle. I didn't always come out without a bloody lip or a broken nose. There were some days when I was battered and beaten. But I got it done. I got to the end. And I won the race. I finished the course. I am triumphant. And I'm ready to die. I don't know. Maybe that doesn't do nothing for you. Maybe that doesn't, maybe that doesn't help you. But there's some days I'm ready to die, not because I won. There's some days I'm just tired of fighting. There's some days I'm just, I don't want to quit on the wrong side, but it'd be all right if we just quit now. Let, let me pray through. Thank you, Jesus. Speaking tongues. Let's go. We could get a Trump any time now would be good. I know none of y'all ever ever thought that. Just me. There were times when I've been just tired of fighting. I just get tired of it. But then I read Paul. And I read I read about the things Paul went through. I I'm thankful for some Paul. Because when life gets real bad, I just flip over there. Thrice I was left in the deep. Beaten so many times with stripes. In bonds. Forsaken by my countrymen. It's all good, God. We go. Let's all, we're, we're all right. My wife says, she reads that, she says, it's all good. My husband's an idiot, but I forgive him. I don't ever say it the other way. Because, you know. You ever see that, that little Chinese symbol, yin and yang, right? I always see that. And there's always a dark side and a light side. I know which side I am. In that yin and yang. <laughs> She's the other one. And so there's times when she's probably done with me. And ready to be done and go to heaven. But then I go and I read about Paul. And I, I say, you know what? It's all right, God. Let me get up off of my, where I'm at. Now, I know there's some folks in here, you, 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 we, we, you know, I know the Bible says don't compare yourself one amongst the other. That's good and bad. And I, I've never done, I've never been where Paul's been, but when I was where I was, I felt like I was where Paul was because it was my struggle. When I get through it, I'm like, okay, it wasn't that bad, God. Thank you. But I think that's what Paul said too. It wasn't that bad. I counted all for loss. Paul gets to that place and he says, I fought a good fight. I'm an overcomer. And so really 
the main thing, or the thing I want us to kind of go away from here thinking about a couple things. First of all, Paul's fight when he said, I fought a good fight, his fight was not against the devil. His fight wasn't against the world. My fight is not against the, I don't fight the devil. I know, I know, I know there's spiritual warfare. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about my conflicts. I don't fight against the devil. You're saying he can't tempt you? Well, of course he can tempt me. He tempted Jesus. But Jesus is, when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, his struggle was not with the devil. Jesus' struggle was not with the devil, even though the devil showed up and started talking to him right here. But that's not who he was fighting against. He was fighting with himself. The conflict was in himself. He had to, he had to win that conflict of self. And how did he win the conflict? He remembered the boundaries. He remembered the board. There's borders. Maybe I can cast myself from this pinnacle. But the border says, tempt not the Lord. So I'm going to stay right where I am. I'm not, I, I don't, I'm not having that conflict. The conflict was within Jesus. The man Christ Jesus, and this may hurt your philosophy or theology, I, I don't know. The man Christ Jesus was struggling against the Spirit of God. The humanity of Christ, that part they got hungry, that part they got cold, that part they got angry. I know we all want to think Jesus did not get angry one time. But he had brothers. And bless God, he had sisters. And if you ever had a sister, I'm just going to tell you about that. I remember one time my sister made me so mad. We were sitting on the bed. I don't even remember what she did. But I clocked that child. Bam! Right across her head on the floor, she went, this God, you won't mess with me no more. She told dad. See, if I'd hit my brother like that, it'd been all good. But I hit my sister like that. He didn't even wait for me to look. Bam! Jesus had sisters. And that's all I got to say about that. He got mad once or twice. But the Bible says he never sinned. He never clocked her. I don't know how I'm going to move on. Because he was God in the flesh. But in the wilderness, that conflict... Between that man, Christ Jesus, and God in the flesh of man. Can you stand with me? 
The conflict that we fight is with ourselves. That's really the conflict. If we would really comprehend who it is we're fighting, it would make the fight a whole lot easier. And sometimes you just got to look at the guy in the mirror, the lady in the mirror. Sometimes you just got to look at them and tell them, I'm about done with you. We, we, we ain't going your way no more. Me and Jesus have talked about it. And you're done. Paul says this. Not only did he finish the fight, not only did he finish the course, fight the fight, come to the end. But he said... I'm more than a conqueror. I've won. That gives me hope. This this evening, regardless of where you are, regardless of that struggle, I'm not here tonight to talk about the struggle so we would feel bad. I'm here to talk about the struggle so we can admit there is one. Know that we are the one we're fighting against. Stop blaming the devil, the pastor, our spouse, our kids, our parents. And thank God that I know I'm the guy I'm fighting against. And I can put me, by the grace of God, I can take me to where I need to go. God, you know me. You know, that was me, God. I don't know why it's still there. And I don't know about you. And I thank God he does this every now and again. Every now and again, I think my life is what I think I am doing. I am. Life is I'm there. Everything's great. And every now and again, I even get complacent in my walk with God. Every now and again, God gives me a little vision of who I could be without Him. He just gives me a little vision of who I would be without Him. And y'all only see the me with Him. And I pray that's the only me you ever see. I do. I don't really want to see the you without Jesus. Because I probably wouldn't like you without Jesus. I know you wouldn't like me without Jesus. My wife saw the me without Jesus about a year into our marriage. She was questioning really quick. Oh my God. Don't really know who that guy is, but he can leave now. She went to a room and prayed. And I'm, I'm being funny, but it was for real. 
And I thank God that God has worked on me and made me. But every now and again, He'll give me a little glimpse of who I would be if it wasn't for Him. Just enough for me to want to keep fighting the fight. I'll close with this and we're going to pray. I've heard it said many ways. I think one person, the way I heard it originally was an Indian proverb. This Indian proverb went something like this and said that there's a war inside of me between two dogs. And the question is, who's going to win the war? And the proverb says, the one you feed the most. This conflict in me, the one that's going to win the law of the flesh or the law of God, the one that's going to win the, win the conflict is the one I feed the most. That's why God says to me, it's time to stop watching that. It's time to stop going there. And if he's never said that to you, he will. If, if you'll listen, he will. He's going to draw some lines because you're feeding the wrong dog. And I thought that dog was dead. But he finds food all by himself. Lord, we love you. Thank you so much for your presence. God, I'm thankful. I'm thankful that you brought me to a place where I could understand there's a fight that has to be fought. That I understand that there's a battle in myself. And that you are the only one that really can help me understand it and help me win it. Lord, throughout this congregation, you know where each one of us are at, God. You know the struggles. You know the enemy has been lying to us, telling us that that struggle is obvious, means that we don't love God, we don't know God, and God doesn't love us. But truly, God, it's the opposite. Before I knew you, there was no struggle in my life. There was no battle. But because you're working in my life, there's a conflict. That doesn't mean I, I, I don't fight the fight. I just know why there's a fight. And I ask you to help me be triumphant. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. You are my source of hope. You are my source of power. You are the one that helps me overcome. Lord, when I struggle, let me lean on you. Not lean on myself, but turn to you. Lord, go with us. I ask you, God, to let this word as simple as it may be, let it talk to us in the time that we need it. We lift you up and we praise you and we thank you for all things. In Jesus' name. And the church said amen. 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 You're dismissed in the fear of the Lord. Greet one another in Jesus' name.